take two for the podcast. How do we banter this? It's so hard whenever we start hitting record and we have to be like, we have to banter. We have to banter. Guys, if you're just listening to this in your uh, car, if you're just listening to us and not watching, if you're not on the live at the moment, we've done an intro already. And as we were speaking, our mics went out and everyone told us it was a complete mess. But we're back now and hoping it doesn't happen again. Fingers are crossed. People are saying that this is karma for me saying for the record is just okay by Mariah. But I don't think I deserve that kind of karma. I think we sh- we deserve smooth sailing. Do you think Mariah Carey is like at the edge of like your apartment complex with like hedge clippers <laughs> and she just like snipped the microphone wires or snipped like the electricity? It doesn't seem like something she would do. She's a busy lady and I think she likes me generally. I've, I've only say good things. But does she like for the record more I mean, than you? I think she likes for the record fine. It's not one of her favorites. Not like I said something about about the roof or breakdown or anything on Butterfly for that matter. Mm. Okay, well, we're well, all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode of Two Gay Mats is brought to you by Skillshare. We all know I love nothing more than a day job where I can close my computer right at 6 p.m. and focus on my passion projects like Two Gay Mats and Matt Palmer Music. The good part's available now. Ever since we started doing things like live streams and actually posting to TikTok, I've wanted to sharpen my skills in those areas, and Skillshare is the best place to do just that. With Skillshare, I'm excited to learn more about film and video, about Photoshop, about marketing, which I am famously terrible at, and I'm excited to learn from creators and professionals who are actually masters of it. So if you're one of the first 1,000 people to click the link in the episode description, you can sign up for Skillshare and get your first month completely free. So why wait? Click the link in the episode description and sign up for Skillshare today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Game Hats podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And what a mess we are today. <laughs> this has been the messiest live recording we've had so far. And the thing is, when we did this, I remember getting an email early on with people being like, you know what? Everyone has technical difficulties when they try to do stuff on live streams. When you record a podcast on live streams, anything can happen. And I was like, not to us. No. <laughs> we will never have a technical difficulty. And here we are. All over the place, an absolute mess. Listen, but like we have our degrees in not this. Uh, my degree is in musical theater. Your degree is Mine's in, in recording music, not a world away. But like that's different from like live streaming video YouTube stuff. I don't know if there is it would be a degree in that. I don't know. I hope that there's not because that's not real work. That's a, that, <laughs> that's that's a lot of money you'd be spending on Truly. that degree. And I mean, like my degree was barely worth it. Hey. So Hey, Matt Steele. Yes. I have a question for you. Yes. How was your week? My week was good. The Oscar nominations are out, but yes. yet still no new Rihanna music. <laughs> even though she's about to do the Super Bowl halftime show, which is yeah. devastating. Did but you wake up at 4 a.m. for of the Of course, Oscars? not 4 a.m. I woke up at like a solid 520. Because okay. they were announced at uh 5.30. Okay. So of course I woke up, rolled out of bed for that, rubbed my eyes, wondered, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Why am I such a nerd? Yes. But, I watched them and screamed my little heart out. We will talk about that. Yes, we what will. What else did I do this week? I hung out with my friends Lauren and Megan. We went out to dinner. Oh, nice. And my friend Lauren, she's starting a like a like a, a public like a speech public speech uh, business where okay. she's like where she teaches people how to do like public speaking. And so she's building a website for that. So she's like, "Hey, can you take some pictures of me training people?" And oh, I was nice. like, "Sure." So I took some pictures of that and we had a little photo shoot. It was very fun. And uh, I worked. And that's that. Okay, great. I you think love that's working. all I did. Yeah. I love that. What did you do? Well, on Friday, I watched a film that is in the Academy Awards racist, as I understand. Uh, so we were at home. We were like, oh, we want to see more Oscar movies before the Oscars actually get here. The nominations had come out. And it's like, all right. 
Tar is now available to stream on Peacock. The fact that that is was like the one you went to, I figured that would be the one that like you would put off a little bit. I mean, it was the free one. It was the one that I could stream in my home on Peacock without any problem. And thus, we sat down and we watched it. And guys, Tar sucks. <laughs> it's like, do you want to spend time with this horrible woman who's pretentious and then is, becomes even more of a monster as the movie goes on? And like, do you want to see her interact in the world? I don't. <laughs> I do, bitch. I don't. Tar is fucking unbelievable and amazing. I love the thing I knew that you might like about Tar was I thought you would lo love her apartment. Did you at least like her? Not, not her apartment. Her like ha her big house. house. Yes, because it's very cold. As <laughs> the movie is very cold and frigid itself. Yes, the it house. The house was nice and like yes, she's cold and we get it. And she like has moments with like her wife's child or I don't know the relationship because she called her Lydia the whole time. It oh. just was like, I I get it. It just was like, I, I don't want to spend time, this much time with this person. The first like 40 minutes are her just explaining classical music and teaching these classes. And I'm like, what's the she, plot? In the first 40 minutes, there are also many, many lunches as well. <laughs> lunches at restaurants where it seems like all they serve is, is water. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, we're just... I, I loved Tar. I, Tar is in my top 10 without a doubt. I think Kate Blanchett did a great job, mm. but it's like, I just don't want to spend that amount of time with this person that I find so deplorable. And question, like, who else is there that we're supposed to be rooting for besides this little girl? Question, question though, yes. where we were discussing it in the uh, Discord, do you think Lydia Tar is guilty or Absolutely. innocent? Absolutely. Uh, see, there I is think- There is no doubt in my mind. They made it very <laughs> clear that she was guilty. We saw the emails, what she was doing. So at least part of that story oh, she was, was guilty of, of part doing of it. That, we won't spoil, but yes, yes, she's guilty. She's an, a monster. I think she's guilty of some things, but not all things. Which I mean doesn't like make her a hero in my mind. No, but like she's but I, I loved it. I loved how she's like this weird anti-hero and you don't know necessarily what is true and what is not. I love I just think it's it. wild that the one year that I try to watch some Oscar movies. Two of the movies, two of like the three Oscar movies so far that are nominated for Best Picture, I've watched and actively disliked. Like, are there good movies nominated? Please point me what, to that. What else have you? Top Gun. Oh, you saw Top Gun. Ooh. I still have yet to see Top Gun. Ooh. So also bad. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I did anything else over the weekend. Um, oh, last night, uh, Joe and Tim came over. We played some video games, and that was lovely. We played GoldenEye is on uh, the Switch now. The GoldenEye 64 from my childhood. So if you were a young boy back in the 90s or early 2000s, you would stay up late playing GoldenEye with one another and trying to kill each other on the screen. And so we did that again as adults. It's still fun. <laughs> Warning. That's good. Fun. That killing each other on screen is fun. Exactly. For you. Yes. <laughs> um, we also reacted to Sam Smith's album. It got blocked by YouTube. Yeah. Speaking of technical difficulties. Yeah. It, yeah this is a messy week right. for us in terms of technicality. I mean, but we still put up something and we're still doing this podcast. So oh, I'm proud of us. Let's not get it twisted. The performances are and have always been <laughs> flawless. Mm. But uh, it's just, you know, technology that is not our friend. That's true. It's not working with us this week. Okay, Matt Steele, do you want to talk about the Oscar nomination? No, I don't want to talk about them at it all. It seems like you do. So please let the people know how you feel. The Oscar nominations came out and I have a whole list of just every, like all the categories where something interesting happened. Okay. So I'm, I have it written on my phone so I can zoom through them. Perfect. All right, supporting actress. I'm very upset that Dolly DeLeon did not get nominated. One of my absolute, if not my favorite performance of the year. She okay. was in Triangle of Sadness. So that was a little disappointing, but I still also very much like all of the nominees. Costumes, a little bit of a shocker that the Woman King did not get in. The Woman King didn't get in for anything, which is a little bit of a shocker, especially the design categories, which I, I thought was like a beautifully designed movie. 
Score, no women talking nominated, which is interesting because Babylon is the front runner, but uh, a lot of people thought women talking was very much the solid second place. So mm. when that didn't get nominated, people were like, is women talking not going to get any nominations? Oh my God, we're scared. It ended up getting nominations. Um, adapted screenplay... The Whale did not get nominated. Yay! Women Talking is in and is currently the frontrunner for uh, for Best Adapted Screenplay. But the fact that Top Gun got nominated for screenplay is... No one was predicting that, so it showed that there was a lot of support for that, except for the fact that Top Gun did not get in for cinematography, which everyone thought it would absolutely win for. Like It was absolutely the frontrunner, and the fact that it did not get in at all is crazy um 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 supporting actor the back-to-back brian tyree henry and judd hirsch both getting announced as nominees back-to-back over people like paul dano in the fablemans eddie redmayne who got in all the precursors and brad pitt for babylon like the fact that they got in these smaller uh movie well brian tyree's henry brian tyree henry's movie um is a smaller independent movie mm. judd hirsch is has very small screen time in the fablemans so the fact that they got in um, over any of these other actors it was really, really wild and really, really fun. Um, foreign language picture, decision to leave not getting nominated was a huge thing because it won Best Director at Cannes Film Festival. A lot of people thought that it could get a Best Director nomination at the Oscars, but it didn't get any nominations, so a lot of people were surprised at that. Tar in editing, Tar getting in for editing <sighs> is so sexy. I love that it got nominated for editing. The Fablemans <sighs> did not get in for editing, which a lot of people take that as a sign of okay. the Fablemans not being a... What about Best Picture uh, and Andrew Riceboro? Like, coming. get People want to talk about it's what the coming. people want to talk about. This okay. isn't a monologue. Actor Paul Mescal was very much a dark horse to get nominated for After Sun, so that was very exciting. For director, no James Cameron, no Baz Luhrmann, but Triangle of Sadness got in for Best Director, which was very exciting. But, like, guys, the Best Actress race. All right, let's discuss it. I, the scream I scrummed <laughs> when Andrea Riseborough's name was announced, because in case we did not talk about this on the podcast, but... If you weren't following the Andrea Riseborough of it all, the like probably like two weeks, if that, leading up to the deadline for Oscar nomination voting happening, mm. there was suddenly this online movement of many, many actresses just being like, everyone needs to check out the movie To Leslie. Andrea Riseborough is utterly phenomenal, gives one of the best performances of the year, and every, it's a very, very, very small movie made $27,000 at the box office. Thousand? Yes. An insanely Ooh. small movie, and people were like, and actresses like Kate Winslet, um, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jane Fonda, like coming through the woodwork, like suddenly talking about Andrea Riseborough on their social media. And this is platforms. because of the PR, right? Like people were sent, like this is what you need to say or this is what you need to post. People, there was PR like reaching out to people saying, like, please post on your social media uh, to encourage people to see this movie and to consider Andrea Riseborough and mm. everything. So the campaigning was done more so like with uh, people like Academy members talking to their friends and reaching out and blah, 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 as opposed to we're spending millions of dollars to get magazine covers and to have Andrea Riseborough up 
appear on talk shows and everything. Right. So it was, it's weird calling it a grassroots campaign because the voters, it, you can't call it a grassroots campaign when it's like literally like the voters are rich, famous people, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like literal movie stars. Yes. Um, but for the Oscars, it was very much a grassroots campaign. And so the fact that like a campaign has never really been done like this before, it's unprecedented. And so everyone was like, oh, this campaign is crazy. It's crazy. And but, you know, she it, it would be hard for her to get in. You know, no one really expected it to happen. But then she, she did it. Like when that name popped up, my mind was blown and I was like, holy shit, she did it. I am very sad that it was at the expense of Danielle Deadweiler, mm. who is utterly phenomenal until everyone should check out that performance. Really amazing. So but I mean, props to I mean, because to the movie to Leslie uh, didn't have any money for an Oscar campaign right. like at all. So they did what they could and, and, and did what you would call a grassroots campaign <laughs> for Oscar voting. And so I, as someone who produced a very, very low budget movie myself, I'm just like hats off to them for really like getting in there in the trenches so and encouraging people to see the movie. When I was looking up for stories this week, I passed so many stories that were like the Academy's looking into and investigating this campaign and like, was this legal? And one of the posts actually called out Kate Blanchett and that's against the rules of what you can do. What's happening there exactly? <laughs> so there are like rules of campaigning that are in place. And so the Academy is like the board, I guess is like meeting on Tuesday just to like discuss and like make sure that no rules were broken. Mm. There are some rules that's like, you can't directly reach out to people to, and say, vote for this person you also in your in like the uh, campaigns campaigning they can't discourage people from voting for other people mm. and so um you can like if you pay like two thousand dollars a week like blast out emails like once a week to all the academy's like email address book okay. or whatever so like you can do that it's like there are weird things you can and can't do and so the, i think the board is just meeting because they've never had a campaign like this and right. so i think they just want to like make sure like was was anything weird happening they're not going to find like no rules were broken by the campaign or by andrea riseborough herself you think there's a zero percent chance that like she gets unnominated i would something. be unbelievably sh i would be so shocked if she if that nomination was um, taken away from her, because from what everything I have seen and from looking at the rules in detail, like it, no rules were broken okay. by the producers or by her, like by the campaign as a whole. And so there were, there are like posts like Frances Fisher, who is an actress, who's mm. a member of the Academy posted on her Instagram Everyone check out Andrea Riseborough and Two Leslie. It's like such a great performance. She did mention, she said, she said, Kate, Michelle Yeoh, Viola Davis, and Daniel Deadweiler are locks, are already like seen as locks. Mm. Uh, so like, please consider Andrea Riseborough. So there is, there is like questioning of like, is that discouraging people from voting mm. against those names? Yeah. But, but guys, that doesn't matter because Frances Fisher is not part of the campaign. Right. She is not Andrea Riseborough. Like Andrea Riseborough can't be penalized for a, I'm going to call her a random person, but like <laughs> another person's personal post, okay. you know? And so I don't, I think this is just like a very, very big moment in terms of like now that social media is such a huge thing. And the, like this person got nominated 
through social media, through like reaching out to act like actors, like reaching out on their personal social media accounts. Like I imagine this meeting will not be as much of like, is she guilty? Are we taking the nomination away as much as them being like, okay, now that this is a possibility, we need to set some boundaries in place for the future. I would imagine that is what the meeting is going to be. Naturally, like an article came out saying like, that this is happening, that they are looking into this and people are taking it and running with it being like, this is shady and just trying to villainize this poor actress who like literally just wanted her movie to be seen Mm. and just making her seem out to be like this like horrible person. So I think that is utterly ridiculous. And the internet is, I think very gross for doing that. Um, But you know, the internet's gross. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> always true. I think if nothing else, I, I had heard you talk about the actress from Till before, so it mm-hmm. is sad that she got snubbed and that Woman King got snubbed. People really love that movie. But I'm glad that supposedly Andrea Riseborough's good in her performance. Like, it's not. I feel like it would be more upsetting if we were giving this to someone who was not talked about but also wasn't very good. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that apparently her performance is excellent. It's like, okay, great. Well, good. She's getting recognized. And it's just like a sort of a triumphant moment for like smaller movies out there. Even like Brian Tyree Henry's nomination for Causeway. Right. A very, very small movie that like probably had very little budget to campaign for him. But he got in like with a shocking nomination like, over like Brad Pitt. Like that's I think those things are very cool and should be celebrated. Naturally, like there are going to be people who you love who don't get nominated. And that's very, very upsetting. But the, I mean, there's only like so much. The, the best that you can say is like, we need more. We need to give a bigger platform to to like filmmakers of different colors, of different backgrounds. We need to give a bigger platform to like women of color, especially as filmmakers. Mm. Like their movies need to. We need to fund their movies more. Like All absolutely, right. I think. And I think I'll just put more movies into the equation. And I think that is a wonderful thing. Can I give you just like a couple cute stats? I'm giving you 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Uh, for the uh, There are 16 first-time acting nominees. Okay. The only ones who have been nominated before are Kate Blanchett, Judd Hurst, Michelle Williams, and Angela Bassett. Kate is the only previous winner out of um, all 20 of the nominees for acting. And Judd Hirsch beat the record for longest period of time between nominations. He was last nominated for 1980 for Ordinary People, mm. and he is now nominated again for 2022. Wow. And so that's a very cool thing. I, that's I, I, great. And Michelle Yeoh obviously becoming the first East Asian actress ever Which is wild. nominated for leading actress. Nominated that's for leading actress. And the first... Openly Asian actress nominated, which is a weird thing yeah, to say. Like, is that a... So, sorry. We don't need to get into it. We don't need to get into it, actually. <laughs> Write it in the show notes or something. We got to move on. <laughs> Madonna, that yes. biopic, not happening. <laughs> oh, well, I'm disappointed. I think it's for the best. She was going to direct it. I feel for those girls who are in that Madonna boot camp for however oh, long. Oh, they went through it. Locked. I bet I bet they learned a lot, though. I mean, they were just locked in a basement sweating like poor Sydney Sweeney, poor Julia Garner, who thought this is going to be such a moment for me. And I just can't believe that. I yeah, I, I, I mean, I wonder why it got scrapped. Like, was it just like, was she trying to die? I don't want to like, you know, make assumptions, but like I would think like, oh, maybe she had so many ideas and producers were just like, no, well, <laughs> we're not doing all that. The, the story they're going with is like Madonna is so focused on the tour. So we can't do the movie. <laughs> Is that sound real? Does that sound real? Uh, 
you know, I wouldn't put it past Madonna to be like, you know what? I changed my mind. Goodbye. I mean, but was there even a writer at this point? I felt like, um, what's her name had gotten fired? The Juno lady, Diablo, Diablo Cody. She got fired. Yes. So I just, this whole thing was shaping up to be a mess. And as bad as I feel for Julia Garner, who rightfully won that role, it's just, it's really for the best. Like this, I'm sure there will be a Madonna biopic at some point. It just didn't need to be right now. But that's why I wanted the movie. Because <laughs> it was going to be a mess. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to have fun in that theater. But truly. And, and I, learn more about Madonna's life. I'd rather a documentary about the making of the movie that never happened. That I would watch. Oh, that would <laughs> be. I, that I would watch. That would be a great feature. Oh, Aaron Sorkin would write the script. It can be a scripted drama. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people, people deserve that. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Britney's fans called the cops on her? Yeah, on her, not really, but like on her. It was like they requesting a wellness check. So yeah. apparently Britney deleted For her, I guess for you would her. say. Well, yes, but not asked but by her to didn't do so. ask for it to happen. So Britney Spears deleted her Instagram account a few days ago and her fans called 911 because they thought she was unwell. Ventura County Sheriff's Office said, I can confirm that we did get calls into our dispatch, and essentially I can confirm that we don't believe that Britney Spears is in any kind of harm or any kind of danger. People were live streaming themselves calling 911 on TikTok. All right, y'all are just doing this just for the clout. And like, that like, is awful. At some point, it's like, you could not call yourself a fan if you're doing this. Like this person, all she wants to do is live her life in peace. If you are live streaming yourself calling the cops, like quote unquote for Britney's wellness right. check, you are literally exploiting her and you are 100%. not a real fan and you are messed up and get off the internet. And I will say for someone who has made it, you know, a habit of like really telling people off on the internet, Britney's statement to the fans about this is the nicest statement from Britney I've seen in years. It's like, I love and adore my fans but this time things went a little too far and my privacy was invaded. The police never entered my home, uh, blah, blah, blah. This felt like I was being gaslit and bullied once the incident made it to the news and being portrayed once again in a poor and unfair light by the media. I truly hope the public and my fans I care so much about can respect my privacy moving forward. All the love be. She deserves to rip you apart like you were Jamie Lynn. Oh, like, yeah. That is so beyond the pale and ridiculous and based on nothing just because the woman deletes her Instagram account. Like, the whole point of her getting out of that conservatorship was like she is in control of her life and you have to trust that she is in control of her life even if she's doing things you don't like on Instagram, even if she deletes her Instagram. Like it's up to her to live it. So don't be doing this shit. Also, do you have nothing better to do with your time? I Britney know. fans at this age, y'all should have jobs. Clearly not if it, that's what they live stream. Like it's guys, just, live stream is something normal like us. Exactly. Like, live stream something that works sometimes yeah. like our <laughs> live stream today. But it's just like, it's just all goes back to leave Britney alone. Chris yeah. Crocker was right. Is that who that? Who Chris that? Crocker has always been right, guys. He's, he was right about that. Um, great news for me and for all the succession heads out there. Season three, four? It's, I think it's four. Coming back March 26th. I would have said five. It's only four. The okay. day before uh, Mariah's anniversary. Uh, and it like the trailer is very much like we're doing the same shit. <laughs> like we're fighting over the succession, what's happening on the in the company, and I can't wait for it. Okay, I'm, I'm rooting for Shiv. Speaking of things coming back and being amazing, Girls Trip Two finally announced. Oh, is it? it is. I did not see any of this. Everybody is coming back. Um, it is going to be set in Ghana. And uh, it was a surprising hit in 2017. Jada Pinkett Smith, Regina Hall, and Queen Latifah and Tiffany Haddish all are returning. So it's happening. Oh, that's good. I wonder why it took so very long. I mean, 
you know, people are, but Tiffany Haddish especially like blew up she after did. Girls Trip. So she was probably like offered so much stuff and she was like, I don't have time. I mean, <laughs> I don't have time for all this. This feels like a big thing though. Yeah. Um, and she's gotten in some hot water recently. A little bit. Honest, a little bit. So. so maybe she's like, I need a Girls Trip too to remind you all right, how much she remind, loves yes, me. Hopefully they'll forget the bad things that she's done. Okay. Chloe's, of Chloe and Hallie, her new album is coming. It is actually coming after many first singles that apparently none of which will be on the album, which I'm a little upset about because yeah. I felt like some of those were very good. Uh, her new album is coming out in March. It's called In Pieces, her debut album. Uh, and she put out her first song from it uh, this Friday, which I think is very good. I forgot what it's called, unfortunately. <laughs> but she's in but a it wedding. Was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I think it's Pray It Away. And she's in a wedding dress in the video. It just was like, apparently it was explained that this is her wiping the slate clean. Okay. Not to expect the kind of treat me bangers that she was releasing previously. Apparently this is a new era, a new vibe for her. I have not heard the song. So like, what is the vibe? Does it feel like a clean slate? It or just does feels it... like a more intense. Like she's dancing a bit, but it's like mid-tempo emotional. It's not like up-tempo banger kind of stuff. So I'm excited to hear where it goes. I trust Chloe. I feel like she has a great ear. I do wish for the night, especially. There's a that was the latest single she put out, would be on the album because it's excellent. But I'm excited for it nonetheless. Um apparently the Eminem spokes candies have been fired. Like I, I when I saw M and M's on trending on Twitter, I was just like, I am not like engaging with this. I mean, it I, just like, is what? like apparently because Fox News and the like were upset about like the sexiness of the M and M's. They've been replaced with Maya Rudolph. Weren't they already like desexualized? I think like they that were was desexualized, but then given like um, emotional and like like physical issues to overcome like one of them was depressed and one of them was like yeah I felt like they were the Eminem's were going through it if I remember correctly I had no idea there was like a whole Eminem verse out there I think so Uh, yeah and like some were you know maybe playing with the expectations of gender I don't know it was upsetting for some and I'm like where are we really spending this much time on you know cartoon Eminem's but apparently we are all right I mean that's sure (laughs) I always love to see um you know Maya Rudolph get work yeah of course I am I don't know. I, I, don't I, th- I think she should get better work than like an M&M. Though I'm sure she brings a lot of depth to the M&M. But I don't think she's an M&M. I think it's really going to be her as a person. Oh, so she's like a spokesperson. Yeah. Is she going to, is that like what she's, is she going to be like the Nicole Kidman for AMC? It could like be. Walking down the aisle being like, we eat M&Ms. <laughs> I mean. For the, the happiness. I think we all will just have to pay attention and see what happens with that. I'm not paying attention to that. <laughs> You're not going to pay attention to the next Eminem spokespeople? Absolutely not. That's so odd. I don't understand why. Unless like they want to hire me to be one and mm. then baby, I will make those ads. <laughs> I will make those ads sexy. I let believe me tell that. you. Well, I, it's like do they want sexy? Do they not want sexy? I don't I don't know what they want at this point. I feel like I'm like a like sexy but not overtly. Like I'm a mm. like it's like he's sexy for some weird reason. Oh. Maybe? Okay. If that's how you see yourself, I <laughs> love it. Emphasis on the weird okay. reason. Um there are two um babies that were born via surrogate this week. Paris Hilton's baby and Casey Wilson's baby. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations to, to everyone. Them. I'm glad everyone's healthy. I, everyone's happy and healthy. And if you are a bitch specialist nor just a fan of Casey's, her the latest episode of the podcast, she kind of talks about the surrogacy process in a way that's very interesting. And I think, um, I don't know, just would recommend listening to that podcast episode because it's also just joyful, like, because th- th- she wasn't pregnant, obviously. And so this, like, very surprised bundle of joy, her third child, her first little girl, I don't know. Mm. It warmed me up as someone who feels like I have a relationship with her, which I do not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But as a fan, I was just happy to hear it. That would just be interesting to hear on a podcast, too, just like that whole journey, like in from that perspective. Right. And yeah. I, I have a feeling we're going to hear more about um, 
the, the whole process now that it's out in the open and the right. baby's here and healthy? I want to hear more about it because I'm always looking for job opportunities. So you mean you being a surrogate? Sure. I don't know that you have the wiring. I have a good degree from a good college. You do? But I don't think that'll help. <laughs> in this exact example, supposedly Netflix is going to start charging people for password sharing at the end of March. I mean, sure. I think that's rude. I I, I think it makes sense. I sorry, y'all. I'm, well, I'm sorry, y'all love sharing those passwords. But it's but like, like that was the whole thing. That was the whole point. That like, wasn't the whole point the for whole Netflix thing. when they started their business. Well, so na- the as much is, as it sucks, how like, much sorry. money are they making though? Honestly, uh, well, apparently they're losing. Uh, Netflix is losing money. Get well, out of here. But I mean, they are still making more than you are. Okay, you know? yeah, but like, <laughs> they, like they're such a huge platform. They need to be able to sustain. That I think huge what platform. they should do is focus on their. Like, I feel like what they do a lot is they have a billion new shows and cancel most of them. And instead of doing that, focus on and build like five shows a year or something mm-hmm. instead of like 12 shows a month. Mm-hmm. There are ways to cut costs that won't impact my wallet. Okay. All right. All right. So something for the Netflix folks to listen to. Hopefully this reaches them. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean... I hate to talk about it, but I feel I would be remiss to not talk about Tyree Nichols, who I believe was killed by Memphis police on January 7th. And apparently the video is out now and circulating. I, of course, have not watched it. And it's just discussing the numbers of the numbers of police brutalities, the killings of people in general, but especially black people since George Floyd. And I like. The, the sticking point on this one is that the five police officers were black who, you know, killed this man. And to that I say, white supremacy affects everybody. Like, this is a white supremacist world. That is the problem. It's not just the white people. Like, these five people were obviously indoctrinated into that. And I don't know. The whole thing is sick. And I will never watch that video. And watching videos of him with, like, his kid and his mom and, like, riding the skateboard. He's such a free spirit. It just is devastating and horrifying. And it upsets me. So... I just, you know, there's nothing more to say than it's disgusting and heartbreaking. And don't, and to me, I don't know, for me at least, what you get from watching that video, what you get from sharing that video, like mm. re-traumatizing yourself. I think if you are unaware of this happening in our country, then maybe this would be helpful for you. But it's like, I am aware. I don't, I, I feel like just knowing that that video exists, like, I, it just puts another more realization onto me. Right. You know? And it's like, I don't need to see it myself. Yeah. But. Just, you know, prayers up for him and his prayers family. Up for him, his and family, everyone affected by by it, everyone affected by and whether seeing the I video or hearing about it. All five of those people go to jail for a long fucking time because you're murderers. All right. Anything else you'd like to say? I mean, there's a ton of stuff I would like to say okay. about the Oscar nomination. <laughs> well, we'll talk, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Hello. Okay. Hello. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time I talk into the microphone now, I'm like, can they hear us? But they can. They can. <laughs> they Guys, can. The second, the act two is going flawlessly. I love that. For All us. right. So we are on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to spell T W O. So we got an email from Daniel. Daniel says, Dear Mats, longtime listener, first time mailing in. It is currently 2 30 a.m. and oh, I'm unwinding after experiencing the movie. Babylon. Oh, no. (laughs) Thanks to Matt Steele's glorious review, I had to see it for myself, and my God, what an experience it was. Still not sure how I feel about it. I may just be a little traumatized, especially that hell party scene with the different floors, but Margot Robbie's performance is absolutely everything. 
Anyways, on a completely different note, as I'm on a late night quest for a palate cleanser after the movie, I mm. came across this song by Kelly Rowland called Crazy. It came out in 2020 and it's a fantastic song that should have been a big hit, especially during the time Dua brought disco and dance music back to pop. So my question is, have you heard the song? What do you think about it? And also, why is Kelly Rowland not a bigger deal? It's so weird to me that she makes great music, has a lovely voice, but hasn't released a complete album since 2013. Wow. This also got me thinking, are there any other artists you feel need Need more appreciation and recognition. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. You guys really make me so happy and even make me look forward to Mondays. Aww. Hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for putting in all the good energy you're putting out. Love from Amsterdam. Oh my gosh. Daniel. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, I don't know that Kelly Rowland song, but I think in general, when there's a big group like Destiny's Child and like someone spins off as a solo artist from it, it's hard for the public to make multiple people from that group like huge stars you know mm-hmm. what I mean just because it de- like people always think of it as like oh it was Jackson 5 and then Michael Jackson it's Destiny's Child and it's beyond. it's like they can only think of how it's been done in the past like the Supremes into Diana Ross in sync and in sync into Justin Timberlake and a it's fifth like, harmony well I don't know if anybody really <laughs> Normani, <laughs> but Camila had a moment. Had a moment. She did. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think it's hard for people's imaginations to imagine two people from the same group being giant celebrities. I feel like is a hard transition to make, and also being a famous musician is very difficult to do. And so, transitioning from a solo, from uh, you know being in a group to being a solo artist, I feel like has got to be as hard of a transition as starting at the beginning. Not as hard, but like. It, the odds, uh, yeah, I would not say it's as hard. hard. The <laughs> odds aren't in your favor. Like, mm. not every person from a group is going to become popular. It's just, you got to play the odds. Beyonce had a lot of things going for her at that point. Obviously, her enormous talent, her enormous drive, her enormous work ethic. But their manager was their, you know, Beyonce's dad. And, you mm-hmm. know, Beyonce's mom did the costumes. Like, the group was kind of built behind Beyonce as the lead vocalist. So that transition seemed to have a lot more energy behind it and, at the time. And I don't know, like... Like I was it a transition because like even before Destiny's Child was formed, Beyonce's father was like, "My daughter's going to be a star because she's so talented." So like it was like years of being like like there was a big focus on Beyonce even yes. when it became a folk a, a big focus on Destiny's Child. Yes. But like Beyonce was kind of a focus like even before Destiny's Child was right. formed. And that being said, Kelly has had major hits. Oh, like yeah. She had motivation. She had Dilemma with uh, Nelly. I think that was a hit before Crazy in Love even came out. Uh, she had uh, When Love Takes Over with David Guetta, one of her first big dance pop songs. So it's not like she's unsuccessful, but it's just hard. I just think it's a hard transition to make. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm looking at the chat and it seems like people love the Kelly Rowland song Crazy. Oh, good. So uh, We need to take a listen. We need to take a listen. So Kelly... Everyone loves that song in the chat. Oh, when who who are underrated artists? Who deserve Julia Michaels? Julia Michaels? Julia Michaels? The Sugar Babes. All right, all right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, next one comes from Durga. Durga. Durga says, "Movie Rex, right now." Hey, Matt. Recently, I've been on a big movie binge streak and need some Rex. Since Thursday, I've watched Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights, recommended by a friend, 500 Days of Summer, cult classic that I love, Dead Poets Society, I love watching silly little rich people deal with their silly little rich problems, (laughs) and Cal Ho Na Ho, a 2003 Bollywood movie if you're looking for three hours to kill and some great and super dramatic tearjerker scenes. I'm hoping you read this email because I need some Rex fast. Whether it's a good Oscar nomination, cult classic, must-see, give me all your faves note for the oscars i have seen everything everywhere all at once and thought it was amazingly trippy and very well edited p.s this is a question for both of you oh okay yes 
Um, it, it, you gave us a lot of genres I here. So I'm not sure, like, if you're looking for a specific time period, a specific genre. If I mean, if you like Bollywood movies, like, even though RRR is not Bollywood, it's Tollywood, which is Southern India. Like, if you like that, you need to see RRR. Like, I'm telling you. Um, if it seems like you do like this uh, sort of feel good uh, family comedy drama, like a Dead Poet Society or like 500 Days of Summer movies that make you feel good. So, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Parenthood I mm. from 1990. It's such a simple family comedy and in an era that I love so much where we were really getting um, like family comedies with a hint of drama, like that all ages could watch. So stuff like Sister Act and stuff like... Um, a league of their own like that whole era I just love 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 if you're looking for like an an Oscar winning best picture some of my best favorite best picture winners include Ordinary People we were just talking about that it has Judd Hirsch 1980 Amadeus is one of my favorite best picture winners um, obviously if you like musicals Fiddler on the Roof I think is a perfect movie it's long. musical it's long but it's worth every second baby I had him watch it on my yes, birthday you did. it was me and Matt Palmer just watching Fiddler on the Roof and eating pizza <laughs> and I was like this is the best birthday ever mm. Fiddler on the Roof is flawless also I think The King and I is a perfect movie musical I think The Sound of Music obviously is The Sound of Music um, I, I, uh, if you want like a, an, an older like comedy I would say Auntie Mame is like my favorite old Hollywood comedy Auntie Mame starring Rosalind Russell if you just want to laugh and be charmed, I think it's perfect and amazing. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. I mean, I could go on for hours about this, but I won't because yeah, I think you should watch dream girls because we don't talk about dream girls enough. Matt Steele thinks dream girls isn't as good as it is. It was the movie I was looking forward to the most come back to 2006 when I had the B day album. Listen was out. I was excited. I've never been more amped to see a film. And every oh. time I rewatch it, I'm filled with joy. Oh, Dream Girls is great. It is great. But you listen to that live concert cast recording and you're just like, oh, wait. But the way the actual stage musical is written is mm. just mind blowing the way the scenes flow into each other. So I just wish the movie had a little bit more of that. It starts having that like at the oh, beginning of that the movie. Tran that transition yeah. from when they're at the piano rehearsing to uh, Jimmy Early uh, suddenly like the you see the practical set like change. Mm. You see the curtain move and suddenly like, there's no editing. It's It just seamlessly transitions like you don't need. It, it's just magic to me because that was what the stage musical was it, like Michael Bennett's staging revolution musical theater staging and the way the scenes like were flowing into each other and so I think if the movie had a little bit more of that then I would have been a little more like ah you know I loved every second I it is no great notes. it's a great movie obviously Jennifer Hudson is phenomenal and Beyonce is great she in does it. Do I don't great think job. she gets enough credit I remember when she got cast people were like oh, why would why why does it have to be Beyonce why does it, and it's like who else? Exactly. Would you cast it only in makes sense role? that it's Beyonce. This is the perfect person. I do to always cast. think when I think of her in that movie that she would run on a treadmill with like a fake Oscar on the front of it, and it's just like, man, she's nuts. <laughs> just like I just like the idea of being that kind of pop star that's just like, I will win this. Like it's very like um, oh, and American Beauty. What's the mom in American Beauty? Like, Annette I will, Benning. I will, sell, I will the house, sell this house today. Do you think after Beyonce didn't get nominated, she slapped herself across the face and was just like, shh. 
<laughs> just tread on the. I don't. I think she was like, I'm a visionary and we'll make this work. You're she's fired, like, Dad. She's like, you, you know what? I don't need, I guess, film. Film. Instead, film is out. I'm, instead, I'm going to create my own genre of film. And she did. And she and did. She really she fucking gave did. us those visual albums. Yes, I'd love one more. <laughs> <laughs> she has another one in that back pocket. Yeah. We're waiting. Uh, so Matt Steele. Yes. What's been giving you moments, darling? Well, you know who else was on a treadmill running towards that Oscar? Who was that? Andrea fucking Riseborough, <laughs> baby. I wouldn't say she was on a treadmill. I will just say she was just walking with intent. Okay. And because I watched Two Leslie last night. Oh, how did you feel about she it? She is phenomenal. It is such an excellent performance. It is so... Fu- for those of you who don't know, it is a very, very tiny indie movie. Again, only made $27,000 at the Wild. box office. Uh, and it's about a woman who six years prior, she, you know, very poor living in Texas, won the lottery, won like $190,000 um, from the lottery, and then essentially squandered it very quickly, mm. lost custody of her son, or I wouldn't say lost custody of her son. Just watch. Um, <laughs> and essentially is just now she's living in motels. She's an alcoholic and she ventures back home after she gets kicked out of the motel where she's living and she tries to build her life back up, but she's dealing with such intense alcoholism. Mm. This performance is so full of life and beautiful. And and the movie actually like you, you think, ooh, super indie drama and actresses are all talking about it being like, it's the best performance of the year and everything. And with a lot of things that Academy members like now, like I was thinking this would be a hard film to watch. Like, right. like another, like a lot of people are saying blonde is very hard to watch, but like, it's really a really heartwarming, lovely, endearing film. Wow. Like by the end, it, it's very uh, like crazy heart. If you know that movie with Jeff Bridges and meets Alice doesn't live here anymore, which is a movie with Ellen Burstyn. Like it, it just it had just a very warm feel, especially towards the end. And, and she, Every moment she is just, it's just a, such a completely unique performance and watching her is so mesmerizing and she's totally invested. There is one moment in the film that is such a small moment, okay. but had me shook to death. She is coming back to where she's staying drunk and she's trying to get into the house and mm. she's like pulling the screen door open and she can't get it open and she's looking inside and then she sneezes. And it is the tiniest sneeze ever. And it is totally insignificant. But my heart stopped. Wait, why? With how good this sneeze was. And I will tell you why. First of all, like... If how good this sneeze okay, was. Sorry, okay. I'm like lost. I know, I know. <laughs> Guys, just go with it. Just go with it. You just have to go with it. Okay. It, like, as, I, I want to know, was the sneeze planned? Because, because oh, if it was is... if it was planned, it was such a believable, endearing sneeze. But the thing is, like, as an actor, I've never seen like an actor like be like, okay, I think I'm gonna sneeze, like fake a sneeze right now. Like that is just things that like actors don't think about. And and having her add it was just so realistic and endearing. And I, I, it's like the weirdest thing to think about. I'm telling you. But the thing is, if the sneeze wasn't planned. <laughs> And they just like had a take where she just like sneezed. Yeah. That is also weirdly mind blowing to me because as like an actor myself, you know, you try to be as completely natural and relaxed as you can and you're really going through it and you're very in your body. That's a very actor teacher term Mm -hmm. and you're just not thinking about it. So naturally like you would, 
sometimes sneeze. But the thing is like, I don't know. I feel like most actors, especially me, if that camera is on, even when I am relaxed and I do feel like dropped in and everything, there's still a heightened bit of adrenaline in me. Mm. I do not have to sneeze. If I have a headache, the headache is gone. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Like, all, like because I, there is that adrenaline that like sort of like pushes you through. So was she so just like feeling so natural and in it in that moment that like her body sneezed like this sneeze will haunt my dreams i'm telling you it's the most like tiniest part of this it means nothing but it's just so good these are things that we as actors think about okay (laughs) again i'd like to follow up with you need to work on pitching movies to people because if you're gonna give a 20 minute monologue about a sneeze people aren't gonna want to see it i gave a wonderful pitch in the beginning about how good and goddamn heartwarming and fantastic this performance was okay Okay. so y'all can hear me talk about a sneeze for a few minutes all right. I suggest it's on Amazon. Uh, right. Definitely recommend it. I think it's wonderful she got nominated. And I, I, I she was just fantastic. So good, good for, for her. Good for her. Good for her and that sneeze. Ah. Okay. Well, um, I, you know, I saw Tar and I wish I could include it here and I cannot. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I have actually consumed anything new. I've been playing a game called Fall Guys on the Switch, which is very fun. Okay. And um, enjoying that. And that one's also free on the Switch. I love a free game. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you can buy different outfits for your little pod guy and all this and all. And, uh, but I didn't do that. I'm not paying any money. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't think I have anything. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, could, I could continue to talk no, about this. No, I think we're going to wrap it up. I, I need to never hear about. My favorite part of the week is when you weren't talking about the sneeze. <laughs> that was like really what made me happy. And I appreciate those moments so much. Everyone is going to watch that sneeze <laughs> and after listening to this I, and, and, be, and be like, what I don't, the fuck is he talking about? That's so weird. I, but like, when was the last time you saw someone like sneeze I, in a movie? I really can't talk about it with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to not discuss this. Because you can't think. Of it. Because it's crazy. Like this is what are we discussing, guys? This has been a joy. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and/or watching. If you're on the live stream, thanks for dealing with the technical difficulties and watching that ad twice. We love you all so much, and we'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye, guys. Bye.